This week we have been looking at the second commandment. This is a commandment about idolatry, and I have been arguing that we want a God that we can uh, control and understand. But that is not the God. The Bible is clear. God is who he is, not who we want him to be, not who we think he is. Uh, God is who he is, and our image of God needs to be continually refined and shaped by the revelation of God. Today, I want to give you three reasons why you really have to fight idolatry. The first one is because um, our idols will always be too small, right? Uh, our idols, our view of God, our image of God will always be too small, too safe, too tame, too incomplete. Basically, our idols end up being projections of our wants, projections of who we are. We think our idols are like us, just a little bit more powerful and bigger, whatever. Um, secondly, one of the reasons to really fight idols is because not only are the idols too small, but they will make us too small. We never rise above our image of God. So having a small view of God limits us. It's not just, uh, that, that, uh, we've been made in God's image and should not stoop, uh, to, should not, we, we need to get the image of God right. It's that if we are reflecting the image of anything else, it is making us smaller. There's a sense in which all of this uh, ties in with addictions. It's a great metaphor for idolatry. Addictions always overpromise and underdeliver. Addictions always demand more and more and deliver less and less until in the end, addictions are demanding everything and giving nothing. And that's that's that is what idols do. They demand more and more because we think giving them more is what's ultimately going to satisfy and placate, and it cannot. So the third reason we need um, to not have idols, um, not make idols, is because there's a sense in which we have the idol of God, the icon of God, the image of God, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus makes God visible. We, we see this declared in the book of Hebrews, which says that Jesus is the exact representation of his being, and he's the radiance of God's glory. We also see this uh, in uh, Colossians 1.15, which says that the Son is the image, the icon of the invisible God. Jesus is the icon. We don't need an idol. We have the actual image of God found in Jesus. Most people look past Jesus. They, they, they don't let Jesus be who he claims to be. They make him smaller than he is. When I lead this Bible study that I lead, sort of an ongoing book study on one of the books I wrote, looking at Jesus for, for seekers, one of the things I can count on is at some point they're all going to be shocked to realize the claims that Jesus is making about himself. Um, He's not simply claiming to be a great person, a good teacher, wise, a moral reformer, uh, a great leader. He's claiming to be God. And that ties into the whole C.S. Lewis, Lord, liar, or lunatic. He's either who he claims to be Lord, or he's a liar, or he's crazy because he thinks he's God. So we need to let all the images of God, all the, the representations of God, the revelations of God, that we find with Jesus play out. He is king, servant, um, husband, judge, comforter, shepherd, lamb, fortress, counselor, 
and on it goes. And I want to encourage you to, to double down on Jesus. The only way to get the wrong idols out of your head is to replace them with the true God. And so we study and focus on the word of God incarnate, Jesus, and uh, the, through the word of God written, the word, the Bible, in order to have a better understanding of who God is. We want to worship the right God in the right way. Have a good day.